You're listening to episode 298 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, speaker, and mental health advocate with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. It's about allowing for room to grow, and this podcast focuses on three main pillars, human connection, personal growth, and freedom. We cover topics like relationships and cultivating genuine supportive connections with ourselves and others, speaking your truth, shattering personal barriers, radical self-acceptance, and courageously leaning into your skill sets. Whether it's a solo episode or bringing on highly curated guests with incredible stories, experiences, and expertise to share, we're leaning in and taking the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while still covering the uncomfortable topics that many of us like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today's guest, oh my gosh, I just love, love, love this conversation. It was so much fun talking to Leela Dilla and our, we have a mutual friend, Traver Bohm. And if you have not yet listened to Traver's two episodes on this podcast, I strongly recommend that you go and do so. So they will be referenced in the show notes. And I met uh, Leela and was introduced to Leela through Traver. And she is just the most incredible human. I often feel like I could talk to my guests all day, but she and I really, we, we could have kept going for hours upon hours. <laughs> so we may need to bring her back on for another one because she is just the most amazing human. She's been inspiring just the heart of change around the world through her writing, speaking, and her passionate teaching. You can hear the passion in her voice and, and how she shows up. She has an incredibly varied background. She's been teaching yoga asana for over a decade. She's deeply inspired by uh, the path of bhakti yoga, energy medicine, trans, transcend, transcendental psychology, and breathwork. Apparently, I can't talk today. She has also spent the last eight years sharing her insights, leading group retreats and yoga teacher trainings, and she now specializes in trauma-informed life coaching as she guides women back to their feminine embodiment, truth, and authentic personal power. Leela has just this amazing background in everything from kinesiology, nutrition, rehabilitative movement, and energy medicine, and it gives her such rare insight into the body and into the health challenges faced by women navigating our current culture. And we went deep in this one. We, there were so many areas that we wanted to cover, and instead we actually ended up narrowing the focus but going deep into each one of them. So we're talking about coming back to yourself. Um, emotions and how we feel emotions in the body and how we can sometimes worry about being swallowed by them and developing a more flexible nervous system too. So stretching it, but noticing when it's being activated in a more unhealthy way too, but really noticing our, our own stress response, radical self-approval, um, developing authority over our own body, conscious relationships and how they can be places to heal. And also the whole idea of receiving, both for the masculine and the feminine. But Leela has some really beautiful perspectives on how the feminine can get better at receiving in particular. And she's amazing. She gives so many tangible, solid, actionable things for you to, to implement right away, too. It's one of the reasons why I loved this conversation so much is that it's not just all very esoteric. She actually gives you really tangible things that you can start doing right now. So 
please give her a very warm welcome. Share this episode. Go follow her on Instagram because her Instagram was hacked, held for ransom. She would not give the ransom and she's had to start fresh. So please go give her a follow on Instagram because I love her content. She's just amazing. And I'm so excited for you to meet her. I am so excited to have you, Leela. I'm so pumped to have you on. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We have been working on coordinating this for almost six months. <laughs> and it's yeah. always been one side, the other side. There's been things happening, but I'm so pumped that I feel like it's made this this uh, new union even more joyful. <laughs> yeah. And who knows who I was six months ago. So hopefully I have more wisdom to share today. <laughs> I feel that yeah. so deeply, so deeply. We will definitely talk about like transformation and the shedding of skins. I was walking the other day and a snake went out in front of me and I took it as such a good sign. I'm like, oh, yeah, shedding, shedding more skins. Okay, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I'd love good omen. I think so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. Okay, tell us a little bit about you because you have such an amazing story. You are such an incredibly multi-talented woman. You just have so many cool things that under your belt and going on. I just, and you even just told me a few more things that I, I didn't even know that I'm so excited about. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey and how you ended up doing what you're doing now. Tell us. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of things and I love doing all of them. At one point I remember feeling like a little bit bad about that. Like, Oh, I need to like hone it in and do, do less. Um, but I love doing all the things that I do. So um, yeah, I'm from Florida, a little small town in central Florida. And I was homeschooled until I went to college. I dual enrolled in 11th grade. And so my, I had a lot of freedom growing up and um, I, my parents are entrepreneurs. So I like, that was a really cool kind of uh, foundation to launch into my life with kind of feeling like if I wanted to do it, I could make it happen. Um, and yeah, that kind of was the mindset that I approached my younger years with my college career. I started teaching yoga when I was 19, which is pretty much too young to teach yoga, but I was doing it anyway because I was practicing <laughs> yoga and I loved it. And I went on retreat and it shifted things for me. And then um, I started leading retreats when I was 23 and um, have felt pretty engaged with like the healer guide teacher role since I was quite young. And I feel really grateful for that kind of recognition of my own Dharma pretty early on in my life. Um, and that continued on to just con more trainings. I've traveled to India many times. I've um, done some breathwork trainings. I have done uh, life coaching training in a, through a trauma-informed lens. I've studied a lot of Carolyn Mace's work, which influences a lot of what I do. Um, and now I primarily um, am a coach for women. I, I coach couples and, and lots of people, but specifically my um, niche is women's empowerment. And um anything from helping them start their businesses to heal the relationship to their body, to heal the relationship with their partners, to heal the relationship with their sexuality, to finding their voice, to um, uh, becoming a, a coach and a guide themselves, to teaching them how to facilitate breath work, teach yoga teacher trainings. I still do retreats often. Um, and I run an online women's community, which is kind of a newer thing I launched this year called the Heart Space, which is just like a spiritual home for women to come and have a resource to start their evolutionary journey internally and externally. Um, and yeah, I do lots of small things too. I'm an ordained minister. I didn't tell you this stuff. I'm just throw a bunch what? of random shit. <laughs> so I do 
I, I feel really, this is like actually one of my favorite things in my life. And it's not something that I really talk about publicly, but I do, um, I've married a lot of my good friends. I do their wedding ceremonies. And that's like my favorite thing. I was thinking recently, like what I really wish I was doing. I'm like, I wish I was just like marrying people all the time. I love doing that. <laughs> it's so sacred. It's so sweet to me. I'm not married and, but I have married probably almost, I think like 10 of my friends and, and other people that I, I don't know. And it's so sweet. I like love doing that. And then I'm also a birth doula. So I've supported a couple births of friends of mine kind of going through that initiation from maiden to mother. And that feels really special and sweet. Um, and then, uh, what else do I do? I'm, a, I'm a cook. I'm a chef. Also, I do private chef stuff. I, I, teach, I do astrology, lots of little things, anything I'm interested in, um, like, living a really meaningful life and a purposeful life and kind of waking up to our highest potential as soon as possible so that we can be of the most service to other people and enjoy our lives as much as we can so anything that facilitates that inner growth and reconnection to who we really are I want to know about it and I want to know about it like immediately (laughs) so that's kind of how my story has unfolded and inside of there there's been like little traumas and challenges and big traumas and big challenges that have definitely thrown me off. And in that throw off, um, I've had to learn how to come back to myself. And every time I come back, I'm like, Oh, got it. Another thing in my tool belt. Oh, got it. Another thing in my tool belt. So it's been various, um, segues for sure of pain points, but, um, my approach to all the pain points of life has just been like, all right, I can either take this as life is happening, to me and it sucks or it's happening for me in my evolution and how can I see this as something to grow through and I feel really grateful for that mindset or that approach to life kind of optimistic in it so that I can alchemize every situation so there's definitely been a lot of that I know I just threw a bunch of like rainbows and daisies at you like it's just been (laughs) great I've been doing yoga the whole time but a lot of it's been quite hard um and I've turned it into to gold as best as I could um yeah. So that's who I am. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> all of that so much. And I have to say, when you said you'd gotten ordained as a minister, it's so funny because one of my best friends just got ordained in order to marry yeah. uh, friends of his that really wanted him to. And as soon as I found out, I was like, when I get married, you're marrying me. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't you want it's somebody that like love yes. and trust? Oh my goodness. Know, custom so ceremony magical. Yeah. So I think that's cool. so sacred I think that's really really beautiful and that that has nothing to do with with religion for me it's just about like the sacredness of the union I think that's so incredible I love that so much <laughs> and like personalized to the people too I made exactly. some really incredible ceremonies like actually written out like sat down with the couple and been like what are you actually committing to like yes. what is your point of focus where are you going like what are your daily um you know, vows, like what are your, what are your actual daily vows instead of just something that we've been using for years? Like, what does it mean to you specifically? So that has, that's brought me a lot of insight into like the um, specificity of why couples are together. Cause it is kind of different for each person. And the more specific you can get, the deeper your commitment can be. So it's, it's been, it's taught me a lot. Yeah. And I imagine that, that getting asked those questions really teaches the couple a lot too. Like that can actually open the door to conversations that they may not have even gone that deep into necessarily too. That's beautiful. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I mean, I don't want to just pick on like that one thing that you laid out so many beautiful things there. (laughs) That's one of my favorites. So let's go into it. (laughs) Well, I want to say too, that there were a couple things that were coming to mind when you were talking about all that. One of them was that I heard so much 
life coming through you talking about all that. Like everything that you listed was just, I, I felt, I talk sometimes about living life in full color mm. and everything that you just described is like the full embodiment to me of, of living life in full color. Like actually just realizing that you, you love doing this thing and taking an interest in it and, and figuring it out and just running with it because you love it for no other reason than just the fact that it brings you joy. I just love that so, so much. That's like truly the embodiment of, of a full life to me. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. The full color. Yes. That's also a choice, you know, it is. I was in, um, I'm in the Florida Keys right now. And it's one of my favorite places and it's gorgeous. It was like rainy over the weekend. Last couple of days have just been like stunning. So I was on a walk this morning and I got in this like grumpy mood out of nowhere. I was just like, all of a sudden, just like shit grumpy. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening? It was so, I just felt, I don't, I don't even really know where it came from. I just all of a sudden felt like, I do not like this moment. And <laughs> I, I watched myself go into it and I was walking with my partner, Aaron, and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a terrible mood. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and he was like, All right, can I do anything? I was like, mm, I don't think so. I was like, do you want to run a little bit? So that we like started running a little bit and I was just taking deeper breaths and then I could hear the birds and it, like the, the trees are very green right now, like very, very, very green. And the sky was like very, very, very blue. So I'm just thinking like what actually pulled me out of that grumpy grumpiness random grumpiness for nothing was actually the literal color of the day where I was like oh my god and I actually we didn't have shoes on so we're just running barefoot and we didn't run super long I'm not much of a runner I'm a little bit more of a <laughs> at least not endurance here <laughs> yes I can very small enough <laughs> enough to pull me out of a grumpy mood but all it took was me reconnecting to my senses and to my feet on the earth and the air in my lungs and really going like okay, what's really happening here. And then after that movement of my body and really recognizing like the fullness that the day was actually presenting me with, I was able to recognize like, oh, it's that thing that was bothering me. Let's talk about it for a minute. We talked about it. And then I went right back into feeling like, oh, life is gorgeous. Like I don't have to be with that feeling for too long. I do need to honor it. I didn't even know what it was though, until I started moving and let the day kind of bring it out of me. But I was just thinking like, when you said full color, like that's what I saw this morning. And it really did orient me back to what was true, which was like, the earth is moving up towards me to like awaken me. Like I truly felt like the birds were singing to like get my attention. The, the sun was like shining to like warm up my skin. And the earth was like underneath my feet to ground me. And the trees were like creating air for me to breathe. I was like, there's nothing to be grumpy about <laughs> really. I, there's nothing to be grumpy about. I need to just like bring it up and move it out of me and reconnect to what's real. And that's kind of always how it has been for me too. It's like life is colorful and beautiful. It is. It's like, we're, we're the ones that become dim. Life is never fucking dim. We're the ones that hide or stand in front of ourselves or let those moments of like frustration or um, forgetfulness, really like forgetfulness to just like put our head up and be like, Oh, life is always living at full color. It's like, are we, choosing to see it that way or are we choosing to see it more dimly and trust me I've definitely done both I was doing it for 15 minutes this morning <laughs> and then had to course correct so there's no perfection here it's just like how many times can I remember to turn the lights back up and just look up again oh yeah. I love that concept about the just the, the remembrance of it mm -hmm. and sort of remembering 
who you are, where you're going, what you're doing. And you don't have to see the whole road to be able to get the clarity for the next step either. And to just bring in, like to notice the vibrancy mm-hmm. around you. And I also really love too, how you, how you move the energetic state. People will laugh at me sometimes because <laughs> if I, if I jump or something, if there's a shadow at night where I'm walking and I, I jump just as one example, then I'll sprint a little bit to move the energy through me. Like <laughs> people are like, why, why are you running? <laughs> to go somewhere. <laughs> yes. Just, it's, it's, otherwise it's just sits in us. Yeah, exactly. And even just like noticing, a what could be clarified, what could be, um, referred to as, as a more negative emotion. I don't really believe in that emotions are just emotions, but some people be like, Oh, that's, that's a bad emotion and yeah. you feel it, but we'll try to just drown it as opposed to why is this happening? Just noticing it with their judgment, right? Like, why is this happening? What's going on? How do I move this through me? How do I notice everything else that's happening? How do I remember? I, I love, love, love the remembering part too. It's, and you are so well-versed in that, especially because of your yoga background and, and kinesiology too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The feeling I, for a long time, I kind of lived a few years thinking like, or just not knowing actually how to like navigate frustration or anger or sadness or some of those lower frequency emotions or negative emotions. I agree. I don't, believe any emotion is bad. Um, I didn't really know how to express them. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't have examples of what that looked like in a healthy way. So I avoided feeling them at all costs. And, uh, like Traver will say like in something that you don't express is going to squeeze out the side. So we got to figure out how to do it in a healthy way. <laughs> so it's such a good visual. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's true, man. That did yeah. come out like little moments of passive aggressiveness or like, or deep sadness or like avoidance. It would squeeze out the side if I didn't give it space to actually be something. And if we didn't have good examples of emotional expression or energy movement, what did you say when you said you were like running to get it out of you, like energy? Yeah. Like energetic shifting. Yeah. 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 We didn't see that. It's like, of course we don't. And we're not taught that in school, sadly. Um, (laughs) We're not taught that unless we like do serious personal work. Like, oh, I'm going to figure out how to be a conscious human now. But I see emotions now after I realize like, well, that's not going to work. I need to like bring all emotions to the table and figure out how to feel um, like mature inside of them or like to trust myself in each emotional expression that there wasn't an emotion that was too big for me to be able to navigate myself. Um, And I think that that's a specifically for women. I work with a lot of them. There are emotions that women will hesitate moving in towards because it they're afraid that it will be too much or too deep or too whatever. Like they're afraid it will blow their circuits. And some of them very well could blow the circuits if we don't, we don't ease into learning how to navigate, how to feel them in a mature, healthy, responsible way for ourselves and for the other people around us too. Um, and so that's actually a lot of the work I do with myself on a daily basis, but also with the clients I work with is how can I bring all emotions to the table and actually see emotions as our greatest teachers as well of if there's something coming up, that means life is asking me to lean into it. It's like this, there's something here for me to see. I'm feeling it inside of my body, feeling it inside of my heart. There's now I'm telling a story about it inside of my mind, my energy, every body, like every layer of who I am is shifting because this thing is, is bubbling up inside of me. And Sadly, most of the time we see that as like, oh, let me reach for a glass of wine or let me get on my phone and scroll Instagram instead of going towards that thing. But when we go towards that thing and we have the, we know that we're strong enough to go towards it slowly, we don't need to, you know, dive head first, but we can approach it of like, 
okay, what if you're here to teach me something? And let me just take like one step towards this frustration or one step towards this annoying feeling of some kind to see like, what if I saw this as my greatest teacher? Where could I open around it instead of close down around it? Could I train my nervous system to feel like to stretch actually my nervous system to like continue to take deep breaths and be curious about what this is here to teach me instead of fearful that it's too much or that other people, it'll be too much for other people. That's another one too. Um, but I really see emotions as my guide now. And I can, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, what did she just say? <laughs> but I really do. Like they are information, they're energy in motion. They are information for us to learn where more love and acceptance is needed usually. Um, or where just a little piece of wisdom is like bubbling up to the surface for us to alchemize into a new character trait that is healthy and happy. Um, but that also is not super palatable in the beginning. Um, as with most like very transformative practices, they're a little like, you want me to what? But that is what we want you to do. We want you to actually lean into that frustration and go, hmm, what's this here to teach me? It's a humbling spiritual practice, actually, to see our emotions as our guide. Um, and then just like a, a practice there um, is specifically for women, but for anyone is to find space in your day every single day for emotional expression. Sorry for that dog barking. If you can, <laughs> this is a very <laughs> dog friendly podcast. Okay, <laughs> cool. The practice would be creating space in our everyday life as emotions, um, for our emotions to have like sacred space for women that looks like having an embodiment practice of some kind, um, which uh, like if you've read a great book to read is The Wild Woman's Way by Michaela Boehm, who's not related to Shriver Boehm, but is a great author and um, has is trained in sacred feminine lineage and is very, and I think she's also a therapy counselor for 40 years or something like that. But she teaches something called nonlinear movement, which is really effective. And then just feminine embodiment in general, which would literally just be like dance with no purpose and no performance and no rhythm and no sense and no nothing. It literally is just bringing the emotion fully into your body and then giving it space to breathe inside of you, whether that looks like jumping up and down, beating some pillows up, swaying side to side, doing some cat cows, dancing like a four-year-old, jumping on the bed, uh, crying, rolling on, the, rolling on your back, but actually embodying an emotion and teaching your nervous system that that emotion is safe to house inside of you. Um, I have found that to be one of the most healing practices um, for my self in every possible way, my body, my relationship to my emotions, my energetics, the way I carry myself, my feminine energy, which we can dive into at some point, um, permission, like my self-approval, like radical self-approval, like, look, I can, I'm still a whole healthy, beautiful, lovable woman when I feel rage. Cause it's not, I'm not, it's not directed at anyone. I'm simply just allowing it to move through me and I'm giving it space to breathe so that it can teach me what lies underneath that, that I wasn't paying attention to. And the same with grief or the same with excitement or passion or the same with, you know, my desire for freedom, like what is really underneath those. And until we give them a space to breathe and move through us, we'll never know. But when we do that, man, we like usually land on some sort of nugget inside of us that's been wanting to come up. Oh, 
I hope that everyone rewinds and, and listens again to everything that you just said, because you had so many beautiful nuggets in there and just such a gorgeous way of explaining all of that. I, I really love that you also mentioned, um, about the, like stretching the nervous system. Cause I, I, I tend to think of it as almost, we want our nervous systems to be flexible because they're there for a reason. So stretching, it means that we are also trusting that it will come back to its more regulated state, but that it is there to serve us as well. And that's going to mean that it's going to have to handle more sometimes. And just, just like life as life happens. So allowing ourselves to lean into that, it's, it's like training any muscle really. And, and allowing that to support us in, in a more beautiful way. And the other thing is too, about the emotion is that I think some people are also afraid. And I have experienced this with anger specifically, which is very common for women because we're, you know, men are told not to be sad. Women are told not to, not to show anger. And I, I have experienced before not wanting to tap into anger at times because it, in my family history, there was a family member that would get very angry and that was sort of his constant. Mm -hmm. And so I have always been very worried that I would tap into my anger and that I wouldn't be able to come back out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us can experience this with certain emotions where we're afraid that they'll swallow us. Same with sadness sometimes too, like those really big kind of crunchy emotions are sort of the hardest ones to go into because we're like, what if, what if I just stay in that state and I never come out of it again. So I love that you, you were talking about the trust factor in that too, and trusting ourselves enough to be able to handle it, but it doesn't mean like trauma informed means that we also don't necessarily take it on all at once either. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you handle that with, with clients and sort of building it in, you know, kind of that one step at a time, like what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, I love that you, you mentioned the feeling like we're going to get swallowed by it. Cause it, that is a very real fear for e- even the good emotions. We don't allow ourselves totally. to really move it or the good emotions. Yes, right? Cause we're, we're terrified to experience joy because then what if it gets taken away and yeah. we're like, Oh, I can't. And Brene Brown talks about that too, where we, yeah. we don't actually go fully into the joy because we're like, Oh, well, what if I get too comfortable there when it gets ripped Ooh. away, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. And what will other people think if they saw me as happy as I as I am in this moment, like, whoa, we don't like really let ourselves navigate <laughs> into any of them to such a, that's very sad because that, that full color of life really does come from our full ability to feel. Um, and you know, I can't remember where I heard this, but I've heard it many times <laughs> that I <laughs> really good at quoting things. Is that a, an emo- the a full, um, like cycle of an emotion only lasts 90 seconds in the body? Oh my God. I was just writing about that today. It's so funny. You bring this up. Yeah. Like only 90, you know, when I heard right? that, I was like, that's it. You know, I'm like, like I've I, been in a depression before where it's lasted three months and I only yes. had to have 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like the, the, for it to move through our entire energetic system and our whole nervous system, it actually washes through us quite quick. Um, which is like the best and the worst thing about life, right? Like if, if I want to be in a state of love to know it only really exists for only 90 <laughs> seconds, like, oh, that's so, so fucking sad. But then I hope I'm allowed to cuss on this. And then oh, yes. you go into, <laughs> you move into frustration. It's like, and frustration, anger too, are such a hot emotions. Like that probably is 60 seconds and it's actually kind of shifted, but our mind and our ego loves to stay in emotions, you know, especially 
pride. It's like a really big one with things like frustration. We can almost like, we want to stay hooked on the story to like really make a point. <laughs> I felt that a little bit during my like grumpiness this morning. I was like, it's good to be grumpy when I'm grumpy. It's, uh, like, it's really not grumpy anymore. <laughs> like, <I just> need- <laughs> so there's an element of just remembering and entering into any experience of life with a recognition that everything is so temporary while we're here. And that who we really are is actually eternal and, and, um, unchanging, like our inner, like the soul of who we are, our spirit, our heart, um, is eternal. And every experience that we experience here, every emotion, every job, every relationship, every dollar I make is temporary. Like I don't get to take it with me when I go. And so a lot of the work that I do in my own life and with women is, is really trying to teach and help people feel who they are at a a trustable place, that place that isn't dependent on the outside world being a certain way, or this emotion being perfectly felt, or that bank account being a certain number, or my boyfriend speaking to me exactly how I want, or like that thing working exactly right, because so much of our happiness or our trust in life is placed on things that always change. And um, it was a huge relief to me, and it's constantly a relief when I remember like, oh, I just am experiencing this right now but who I really am is, is not affected by this. So there's an element of trust that comes in when I start to identify deeper with my self, like my inner self, my soul, and less with the outside world, recognizing I just get to be part of the outside world because I'm in a body. Um, and then with the nervous system piece, I think just recognizing what an incredible mechanical primal part of our existence the um, nervous system is and learning about the nervous system changed everything for me to be honest I think everyone should I don't think you need to be a trauma-informed coach before you start thinking about the nervous system or somebody who studies physiology and kinesiology to to understand it I think we can we immediately can feel when we are in fight or flight or we are in shutdown or we are um, incapable of connecting or when we are in a completely regulated and connected state with another being like it we that is what we feel it is that part of us that is so connected to our animal nature that it it, and it is actually our guiding um is like our guiding force internally our nervous system is always checking around life to go friend or foe friend or foe friend or foe and recognizing that i had um authority over what was happening in my body and my nervous system was very helpful. Recognizing that, oh, there are things that I can do to notice when I'm shooting into overdrive or to notice when I'm shutting down what that actually feels like inside of my body. And then to know that I have practices on either side to either bring myself back into a regulated state from being overactivated and and in fight or flight, ready to run, flee, and be able to take deep breaths five seconds in, eight seconds out. If we just take a longer exhale than an inhale, within 90 seconds, we were back in a regulated state. Doesn't matter what is happening, which is incredible. So we're always breathing. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just such an easy um, tool to remember. Hang on. Come here, doggies. <laughs> Your dog is so cute. It's so yes. on your Instagram. He's so yeah, cute. Yeah. <laughs> He's with like his two girlfriend dogs and they're having a field. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, the, the understanding that there are actually things that we can do on a, on a daily basis, moment to moment basis to be aware of the fact that our nervous system is constantly checking in with life, um, and kind of taking responsibility for it and not putting it onto other people, I think is extremely helpful. So if I'm in fight or flight and I'm in that like overdrive mode to know that I can stand still for a second and take a couple deep breaths, bring my hands onto my body, reassure myself that I'm not being chased by a tiger. If I am being chased by a tiger, then I need to fucking run, which is <laughs> the nervous system is doing what it's supposed to be doing, run, and then ask, like scream for help. Like that's what should be happening. If that's not actually happening, then I'm in charge of bringing myself back to a place of steadiness and or asking for help from someone else to bring me to that place. Either I can regulate myself, self-regulation, or I can co-regulate with another person and recognize that, that we are in, we are really responsible for noticing because we're the only ones living in our body. Newsflash. So, um, cause I say that because like for a while I was like, somebody help me with my life, <laughs> my body. So I was like, I'm the one living in my body. Like I have to be the one that notices when my heart is going super fast or when I'm dissociating or when I'm closing down, like I have to notice when I can't feel my feet on the floor or when I'm not pooping well, or like I'm clenching my jaw or I'm breathing in a way and, or I'm, my mind is frantic. Like I have to be the one that pays attention to those things, but, and it happens inside of my body. And I think nowadays it can be very easy to think that someone else outside of you has more answers than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially we're both coaches. So I think one of the main things I try to influence the people that come to me <laughs> with is that they, act, they know more than I do. Like, I'm never, yeah, it's like, I think any good coach really should be guiding people just back to themselves. Um, I always tell people I'm trying to put myself out of a job. Like that's, that's yeah, the key. I'm like, exactly. I don't want you to need me long term. Yeah. When I see like, when I see coaches who are always, and, and, and there aren't, I don't feel that there's nearly as many. I think that most coaches are actually really amazing, but every yeah. once in a while, I'll just come across a coach where it's like, you know, they'll kind of keep having the same clients, like coming back over and over again for like, like yeah. years and years and years. And I'm like, either you're the best thing to ever happen to them or potentially the opposite, <laughs> like yeah. one extreme or yeah. the other. <laughs> totally. yeah. And it, yeah. It's like, if their work is continuously evolving and now it's like this new offering of like a totally different, totally. we're quantum leaping together. Let's just go. But <laughs> like, otherwise, yeah, like we should like, great. You're home at yourself. Like you got it. You have all just as much as I have answers that are coming from within me. You have your answers coming from within you. And we, our origin is the same. That spark inside of you is it's the same spark inside of me where there is unlimited access to the knowledge, to the, to the wisdom, to the insight, to the growth, the potential is there. It's just uncovering the things that sit on top. Um, a huge tangent there. So nervous system, I'll finish that piece real quick, <laughs> is that we are in charge of regulating whether I'm overdrive or I'm falling into shutdown to recognize like, I don't have to do this alone. I can come back to a place of um, reconnection, whether I need to reach out to somebody, use my breath, uh, reconnect to my body, um, feed myself, touch myself, like actually touch my body, calm myself down, move, remove myself from the situation, set better boundaries. So I'm not in that situation again, communicate things that were off. So it doesn't happen again. Um, and, and notice what our coping mechanisms might be. 
I think is really helpful too. like notice what you might be doing now that could be accidentally sending yourself into overdrive or underdrive nervous system wise. Like, are you overstimulated all the time and in a constant state of stress? And if so, can, is there stuff that you could stop doing? There's always stuff that you can start doing. But I think another piece of coaching is like, what if I just only coach people on how to stop doing the things that made them feel like shit? Cause that is half of coaching. Right. And you know, that it's like, Oh, okay. So like, what if we just stop doing that, 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 and that, like, then you would have time for everything that I just asked you to start doing <laughs> and you, then you wouldn't feel as bad. So you probably wouldn't even need to do half the things I asked you to start. So <laughs> just noticing what we can and can do and um, cannot do to bring ourselves back into harmony is super important. I think there was a point right before that though. What was I just saying? Was that a complete thought? Help me. I think so. Okay. I mean, you dropped so many bombs in there. Like I, oh. I was, I was trying to very quietly like type out some notes because it, truly, and I really, one thing I really want to underscore is the, where you stated that like who we are is eternal. Oh yeah. That is, that is gold right there. And that everything else is temporary and just knowing that, and then leaning into the radical self-approval of mm-hmm. when, even when some of these crunchier emotions come up that we are still just as lovable as we are when we're in some magical, beautiful state of joy with a halo over our heads. Like (laughs) we don't have to be one or the other. We are all the things living in full color and that it all, it's all part of this experience. I, I always tell people too, I'm like, it, you just live a mediocre life. If you just live in, in the middle area, like the flatlined safe zone, you just live a mediocre life. You don't get to have the full experience, but that radical self-approval is so important. And how does, I would love to, this is going to be kind of a very general question. So we can go off on whatever tangent you want with this. Cause it's not super specific, we'll but see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you feel like the, the radical self-approval and, uh, everything to do with the nervous system and feeling into our emotions and all those things, how do these tie, how do all these things tie in with our relationships, especially romantic relationships with our partners, because you're having that very human experience and all of these things are happening and, and, you know, all of the emotions and you're trying to regulate your nervous system and all these things. And then the person right next to you is having the same situation and they maybe want to co-regulate too. And there's a lot of having to meet in the middle. And (laughs) this is why relationships get complicated. And there's so much nuance and gray area. So what do you, what do you kind of want to underscore the most there? And maybe what are some of the issues that you feel like people run into most often through your work and how do you kind of coach them through some of those things? Mm. Cool. Let's see how many tangents here. <laughs> I think so the- I just threw a lot at you. So no, you know, wherever you well, want, <laughs> we'll just speed through it. Cause I feel like there's like concepts I feel like will be helpful. Um, and then maybe like some actual tactile, like skills of like, oh, this, this would be helpful inside of a relationship. So the first piece, and I'll just touch on it quickly, because it does actually lead into the way that I teach on relationships is, um, the qualities of the soul, which is that eternal aspect. So just touch on that in more clarity, which is kind of like a foundational piece of any yoga class or full-on retreat or training or coaching program that I'm going to offer to somebody because it was so impactful for me when I learned it. And, um, 
I guess when I went to India the first time, I was really where I, I studied. I did a bhakti yoga training, which is this yoga of devotion, not just it is the yoga of devotion. And uh, we read the Bhagavad Gita and we um, really dove into um, Vedic text and yoga, deep yoga philosophy, like what is actual yoga beyond just like the physical postures, which is just one tiny little branch of what yoga actually is. It's beautiful that we do it, but in the West, it has definitely been diluted down to be more of like a physical practice and less of a, a, a real a spiritual practice. Yoga means union. And, um, you know, the West has kind of taken that into, well, it means, you know, body, mind, body, mind, heart, or yeah, like I'm finding <laughs> union between like my breath and my body. And that is great. And ideally, or like, ultimately what we're looking for is for us to find union with our own soul. And then the completion of the yoga process is for the soul, like our individual soul to find union back with the soul of life, which would be God or um, universe, whatever word you want to shove there. Right. So, um, the Supreme soul, our soul to reconnect back to life is actual yoga is to live in unity, to live completely present, to live in aligned, congruent, um, fully colored life is to actually be one with what's happening here and not be living in a different time zone. Not my mind is, you know, five years ago on that thing that I'm still mad about. And my energy is over there and I'm, I'm here, I'm present. And the soul of who I am is reconnected back to all of life. I'm connected back to my place. So the purpose of any yoga practice or mindfulness practice or personal evolution practice really is to get back to that point where I have remembered my place amongst things where I have reconnected back into that ultimate power that is keeping my body alive anyway. And I've just forgotten that I'm connected to something bigger than me and my ego decided it's me and I'm in charge of everything instead of realizing like I'm tiny <laughs> and I'm a part of something huge. And when I connect back to that something huge, my true power comes to life. That's actual yoga. And through the, my studies there, I took many things from that, but primary focus that I feel like is important for any personal development is to recognize that who we really are at our core is eternal. There's three qualities of the soul. The first one is sat, meaning it is eternal that I, there's an aspect of me that doesn't change when my body changes the same Leela that was looking through my eyes when I was four in the mirror was looking at 13 that was looking at 30 that will look at if however old I become it will be the same presence behind my eyes and um you know it's just like my dad is 63 and he's like I still feel like I'm 20 I'm like I get that now because like I still feel like I'm 14 um but I'm not <laughs> I have to do other things but I'm still like there's an essence behind that does not change as our body changes. My partner's um, grandmother's here right now and she's 98. And um, I've just been asking her lots of questions and really hearing her perspective as an elder. And she's the same, like she's the same. Your body is old, but- She just has she, a little more wisdom. Yeah, she's and her mind is totally on point. Like she is so potent and- like just go in such a humbling stage of life to be, to have lived that long, but her essence, who she really is, is not 98. Her essence is there is no age. We're timeless beings. So that's the first element is that we are eternal. Remembering that's very helpful. It feels like anti-anxiety, like salve to know that like, I, I will never die. My body will age and things, shit can happen. Well, shit will happen, but 
who I am is untouchable and timeless. And then the second one, so it's sat is the first one, eternality. And then chit is the second one. And that means um, that I'm fixed in truth or I'm connected to all knowledge that inside of me at the deepest part of who I am, there is all the wisdom I'm looking for. It's the part of me that knew that it knew that it knew. And I tried to go outside of me to find it. And then at the end, I was like, oh, I knew that all along. Or yeah, yeah. The remembering piece, which is, you know, another piece of that is when someone outside of us reminds us of something, they don't hand us something from outside in. They do something and internally I know something because they're, we're all reflections for each other. Right. So the soul inside of me goes, Oh, thank you. I got, I get it now. You know, I didn't actually take your words and like, you know, shove them inside of my soul. Like they sparked something in me and my soul went, yes, I get it now. And so there's that part of us that always had the information. Anyway, we just turn on those little light bulbs for each other, which is so beautiful that we're here together. And then the last piece is that we are um, blissful. Ananda is the last one. Not just like content or happy, but blissful at our true nature. We are blissful, which just seems also really great to know that like, I don't need, you know, to be binge drinking on the weekend to find that kind of bliss. I don't need to have like millions and millions of dollars in my account to have bliss at my core without anything to do with the, with nothing to do with the outside world. I am an actual, I'm blissful at my core. That's just so cool to me. I'm like, Oh, so when I like stop playing into all these, all this drama and all this fear and all the shame and all this little that I have, you know, built up, we all have built up on ourselves. I am actually eternal. I have all the wisdom and I'm naturally blissful. Like just sitting here, just being, doing nothing, just breathing, just being alive, being part of life. Wow. Helpful. Like that is so cool. Now all the mumbo jumbo 3d stuff and trauma and stories and challenges, all that, that we get to see that I am an eternal soul getting to navigate this life school that has all of that very real stuff, but I am not all that stuff. I just am being informed and challenged and uplifted and inspired by and um, repressed by and like everything outside of me is actually just my school that I get to come down here and learn through. That being said, that is the, the angle that I go into the relationship container with because um, I feel like because if we have forgotten who we are, there's no way we remember who someone else is. And it can be very easy to make someone else wrong or bad or be jealous of or compete with or be challenged by someone who we don't know who they are either. Like we've forgotten that they are also a divine being. Like they're also an eternal soul on a journey here reflecting back to me things that I do or don't want to realize. (laughs) And if I've forgotten who I am at my essence, I've obviously forgotten who they are at their essence. And in intimate relationships, we get to really awaken with each other. If we see it like that, like a conscious relationship, the way that I would describe it is like, I recognize who I am at my core. And because of that, I'm going to see this relationship as a place to heal and awaken inside of like, I'm not going to project, um, my issues or my, uh, desires completely onto you. I'm going to own them and recognize that you are a being as well, going through the same thing. And I'm standing here for you 
on your evolutionary journey and we are doing this together. And ideally all processes in life lead us back to love or lead us back to the soul, lead us back to who we really are. And in the people that stand the closest to us stand as our most refined mirrors, like, whoa, I almost don't want to see myself that close because, (laughs) you know, like think like our families, which most of us have issues with, or, or like our, our partners, it's like, oh my God, it is so woo, because we can't forget in front of them. In my opinion, it's like, oh, I have to remember. We I try, to- but <laughs> you know, yes, we try, and because we can't, then we have cla- like uh, yep. right. Um. So, but did that make sense? Before I keep going, what a beautiful explanation, uh, Lila. You just have such a beautiful way of framing all of these things, and by bringing together all of these different worlds, like this is why I think you you are so unique is because you, you have, that is exactly what makes you so unique. You know, when you were talking about, you have, you used to feel sometimes like you needed to niche down. What a beautiful experience that you haven't, because it is exactly what sets you apart is that you're able to pull from all of these different areas and and these different strands and bring it together to create uh, an incredibly unique perspective that a lot of people don't get to have. And I feel like this is where you probably get a lot of people getting their light bulb moments because they're like, Oh, like I knew that concept, but not the way you described it specifically. And, and you're just really the embodiment of, you know, we, we always hear, especially in in business, we're like, well, everyone has to hear something from the exact right person at the exact right time, the exact right way. But you in particular, I feel like have a really amazing way of just like kind of pulling from all of these different areas and practices and framing it up with a beautiful little bow on top. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm humbled. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, I have talked to a lot of people and I feel so grateful that I had teachers that were um, like, that's how I learned mm-hmm. best. And so I've, I find it, I'm really passionate about making sure that it's palatable when I share ultimately what they've shared with me. None none of this is my, I might say something like in a unique way, but for the most part, this is just wisdom that's been passed down. But I feel so grateful for my teachers that shared it in a way that I was like, ding, ding. Okay. Got it. (laughs) That's what I was looking for this whole time. Like smaller words, less explanation, more poignant and some humor in there. That would be the way that I can get. And maybe like some sort of visualization, like paint me a picture. Yeah, yeah, entertain me. Okay, good. I need to scratch and sniff, a pop up maybe. Scratch and sniff. <laughs> but that, I feel like I've, I have been, that's been the most effective for my learning. And I have seen that um, it translates well when we just make it practical and realize like we're all going through this. Yeah. I think that's the also important thing. Like we are all, whether we want to believe it or not, on a huge evolutionary journey together and like remembering that and then being like, and there's all these things that we can do to help each other remember and stay in connection while we're doing it. And to really remember, like we are walking each other home. Like we are truly walking each other home, friends, people we don't like, (laughs) people we love, intimate partners, our families, all, especially the people that tick us off. We don't like, I feel like they're bringing us the most evolution. And that's that the most potency not, right there. Yeah, man, <laughs> not fun to remember, but when we remember, there's so much release and um, revelation can come internally. So 
Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I'll, I'll take the compliment on my delivery, but the wisdom is definitely not mine. So <laughs> I'll pass that back up to the people who shared it with me initially. Um, well, on the actually, relation- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, was there anything specific? I feel like I didn't totally go into the relationship piece. I, I, there might've been another piece on that that you wanted me to answer. And I'm happy to. You know what? There was something that was coming to me intuitively that I was going to ask you about that, but this is coming to me stronger. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, I'm going to switch directions slightly because I loved how you received the compliment. Hmm. And this is a big deal for women. And I have struggled with Hmm. this as well, because we often, I always, whenever I use this example with women, they're like, oh yeah, I totally do that. When, when a woman in particular gives you a compliment and like, Hmm. oh, you know, you look so beautiful today. Oh my God. Thank you. So do you. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we have to, yeah. we have to immediately follow you back. Yeah. Or if they'll say something about like, Oh my God, your outfit is amazing. And we often will immediately almost justify it by going, Oh, I got it on sale at whatever, or I got a great deal in it. And I I've really, I have done, I've been having to do this work more myself in every fast of light, not just like accepting comments, just like receiving in general. And, yeah. and this is what I try and, and teach other people to do too. And this is this is tough, but to, to allow yourself the space to receive, like, how do you, how do you handle that? And how do you work with, with people around that, especially because you work with so many women, that's, that's even harder for women to kind of take than men. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard for men too. I was it just is, saying. it is. Yes. Yeah. And I will speak to women because they're I, I am one. And so in this life, uh, but I was just at, um, I cooked for Traver's men's retreat. It was, yes. it was 30 dudes at the retreat recently in Colorado. And, and I, I love men. I love all people. And because I work with women in feminine femininity, there's a piece of like the feminine feminist movement that I don't totally align with, which is a little bit male bashing. And I don't believe in that. I, think I men, do not either. I think we're here, here to yeah. heal together. And so my heart just, and I have, um, the masculine really has helped me heal all the ways that the masculine dis- displays itself in our life. Um, and so there's a receptivity that all beings, um, can engage with to let life affect them, to be influenced by life in a way that, um, is opening and healing. So, and I, and I do agree that it is very fucking hard for women because, <laughs> Our nervous, it comes back to nervous system almost, um, a disconnection from the body, um, not feeling like we are safe inside of our bodies, not actually loving and accepting our bodies, like our full bodies, like the cellulite on the back of your thighs, like this, the stretch marks on my small boobs, like the wrinkles on my face, like the way that my, like all of it, our whole bodies living inside of them connecting with them in a, in a different way, in a, in a way that we really do have to learn actually, when we become cognizant of the disconnect that we have, unless we were raised in a very conscious embodied household, which I don't know many, um, there has been some sort of, I use the word trauma or moment of, um, contingent that separated us as women from our safety and full embodiment. I mean, like legs, pussy, womb space, period, blood, the like juice, the like everything that comes along with being um, in the female form. Um, 
there's a lot of shame there. There's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of disconnection there. There's a lot of awkwardness there. There's a lot of um, uh, tightness and closure, which is the opposite of open and receptivity. Um, and re-embodying again, learning to love our body, to touch our body, to connect with our body, to honor the cycles of our body, to see our body as a wise, um, a wise vessel that we get to live inside, right? My, our bodies are our soul's chance to be here. Megan Watterson said that she wrote a book called uh, Mary Magdalene revealed. If you haven't read it, please read that one. She also has a, an amazing divine feminine deck, but the body is our soul's chance to be here is a quote from that book. And that hit home for me. Cause I was like, yes, that's totally what I believe. So living in, we have to live inside of our body to receive life, to feel life, to interpret life, to realize life. If my body is not here, I can't do any of that stuff. Um, so I would say step one is in starting to incorporate practices to where we feel safe again inside of our body, asking for the help we need if we really have gone through something big in relationship to our lower part of our body, um, uh, sexual trauma, um, miscarriage, birth, abortion, uh, injury to our physical body, sports, um, or eating disorders, uh, uh, not having a home, not having financial security growing up. I'm thinking of uh, things that have to do with our chakras one, two, and three that disconnect us from our humanness um, and really doing the work, which doesn't have to be like strenuous work, just needs to be like awareness. Am I disconnected from my body? And if I am, what do I need to do in order to start feeling safe, in order to start feeling connected again, grounded, centered, present, um, respectful, honoring, any fill in the blank of words that we should feel and a good kind of should for our, the body that we get to live inside. Um, and really being compassionate about the state that you might be in now. I think that that is also really important because it can be jarring to recognize the level of like self-loathing or self-hatred that is present inside of the female body. Um, the level of disgust or, um, like I taught a workshop this summer and it was primarily around feminine led business, how to sync with our cycle, reconnect to our low, the lower part of our body, just reconnect to our body, um, to honor our bleeds, our menstrual cycle, our intuition, listening to our heart, listening to our body. Um, cause intuition is also felt through the body. Not, not some off planet thing that we feel it happens inside of our body. Um, and I asked the women if they just were to think of, their womb space, pussy, vulva, whatever you want to call it, what words came to mind? Just offshoot some words. We're going on a huge tangent here. And though some of the words were ugly, disgusting, gross, um, awkward. These are the initial words. And this is a huge group, like 35 women or huge for an intimate setting like that. And, um, then everyone was just crying. It was a lot of tears of like, wow, this is how we feel about literally the portal and the area that creates life. All human beings, regardless of gender, came through that area of a female anatomied human's body. And that's how we feel about it as a collective, generally as a collective. Um, and <laughs> developing a relationship with your lower half of your body that is healthy, that is reverent, that is respectful, that is um, uh, 
honest, that is transparent, that is, um, give, that is like fluid and gives permission for to have a different relationship to pleasure, uh, is very, very huge because our re our receptivity this is all coming back to the receptivity and the openness and receiving because our, also our vulva and is what opens up to receive life, the potential for life in sexual encounter so that life can actually be created, but also our ability to connect with, um, our womb space and our vulva and our entire anatomy actually reproductively, uh, represents our ability to open to life. So if we haven't spent time like connecting, not like if we haven't spent time connecting and honoring our cycle, our bleed, um, our actual anatomy, um, like looking at it, doing mirror work, like no noticing even what comes up with that. That is such a shame inducing experience for most women of like, I can't look, I cannot look down there. Like we let our partners put their faces down there, but it's between our legs. So we don't, you know, we're not sticking our leg up on the counter to take a look every day. Like men are having a very different experience and they use the bathroom. So it's, very important to connect to that place and then to notice what resistance is there because the resistance that's there usually represents the resistance to life itself coming into us, whether that is love from our partner or a financial abundance coming into our bank account, or if that is support from our sisters and friends, if that is, you know, to anything, anything that we could magnetize and pull inward or receive or open up to the, the relationship that we have to our womb space and our pussy is the exact same thing. That was profound. Talk about. <laughs> and I just want to say that like, if you have gone through uh, sexual trauma, which so many women have, so my heart goes out to you and I am with you in that. And I honor you for your strength. Enter into that with a bit of caution and compassion that it could be heightening for your nervous system. So really not, I wouldn't rush that also the feminine healing and opening and the state of receptivity that I think you're speaking of does take time. That isn't something that we can just rip the bandaid off or it's like, I'm going to force myself to be open. So like opening is a softening, right? Just like a woman's arousal. We aren't just, we don't just wake up aroused <laughs> men do, which is great. They're just totally two different styles of being a human being. We have to literally slowly over time, very gently be, oh, okay. It's very slow and our healing happens like that. So our ability to reconnect our body happens like that. And our ability to reconnect to specifically our lower chakras, which have everything to do with pleasure, receptivity, openness. Um, it, it takes time. And if you need help, reach out for help. If you need someone to reflect with you, talk to your sisters about it, like your friends, I call them sisters, um, and write about it breathe about it, pray about it, trust about it, know that you're not wrong about it. Um, and then another piece would be, um, if you are not already, and you are someone who bleeds to, to start paying attention to your entire menstrual cycle, uh, which is like the, to pay attention to yourself all the time. It's not just when you're bleeding, you are, we are all having a cycle, a menstrual cycle for however long from one bleed to the next is, and there's potency and um, information for us in each phase of the cycle. While we're bleeding, there's a very specific emotional 
process that we're going through and wisdom there for us. It also really reconnects us to the veil is very thin when we're bleeding. So there's like a um, specific power there that we can tap into and then our energy builds and then we're in ovulation our hormones move in a different way we're creative it's kind of the state i'm in right now where like everything's coming out of me not uh, <laughs> which was why everything was blue and green and i got <laughs> out of my grumpy versus right before i bleed if i would have been grumpy for two hours so there's um specific potency to each um each day really. And it guides us back to trusting our bodies more. And it guides us back to trusting life more because we are just an intelligent form of life. Um, and in that we, when we trust, we relax. And when we relax, we open. And when we open, we receive. It's like, Oh, just got to take deep breaths and <laughs> lean back. And also next thing would just be slow down. Yeah. Like just slow down and have more moments of silence because there is life is always wanting to give us something to receive. It's just a matter of whether we notice that or not. Right. So like a receptivity practice would be notice how many times you are receiving something from life throughout the day. Like every time you drink water, like, holy crap. I'm like, actually feel it go down your body. Every time you eat, receive the nourishment, imagine it like restoring your mitochondria. Every time you take a breath, Every time you feel touch, every time someone smiles, every time you see something, every time you hear something, just think how much we're actually receiving. Actually, every time someone texts you or calls you, like that is a reset, like we are receiving love. We can, or it can be like, oh my God, I'm so annoyed. It, I, I can receive this. So just notice in what ways can we start to turn the volume up on the subtle um, gifts that life is giving us? Because the same way we receive those gifts are the same way that we receive a compliment from someone or um, full commitment from our partner or a, a huge orgasm, multiple of them, like, or do I resist that and close down and block off and, you know, just notice where you are deep compassion. But I think that's just a practice of gratitude. Also the rece receptivity to just notice like, wow, I am constantly being provided for. <laughs> Thank oh God. Gosh. What an incredible reminder. Oh my goodness. And I don't want to hold you up because you, you <laughs> just have another that. call. I know. <laughs> I'm like, are you ever going to get to pee today? <laughs> Let's see. Oh man. Oh I want to wrap. Was that enough? Oh, I was that enough. Are you kidding? That was amazing. That was unreal. But I wanted to give you just a quick brief moment too, to, I mean, obviously I'm going to be linking your new Instagram and stuff too, but Tell Thank you. People, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tell people where we'll have to do another one of these. Like, I know. Well, seriously, I could talk to you all day, like definitely all day. Oh my gosh. I would love to. So we, yeah, we might need to do another, another one of these for sure, but tell people where they can find you. And I know that you, Traver and Jeremy also have a retreat coming up in Costa Rica. So oh, and I love all three of you. You are now the, my trifecta. I've had all of you now on the podcast. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. We're, we're a funny team. It's fun to teach with them. <laughs> I love each of you. You're so awesome. <laughs> so different too. It's cool to teach with them. Um, yeah. So my, I, in September, I had my old Instagram hacked and deleted. They held me at ransom. <laughs> but I didn't give in. I was like, well, you, you hacked the wrong person. So I started a new one. My name, um, Leela.Dilla. And I'd love if you followed me there. I try to, I'm trying to figure out how to like re-engage with it without it being all consuming, which is I, I really do love social media. So I'm just like wow, two months without it was like really nice. I just had like so much time back to work. On it. But I am starting to post on there again. 
Um, and then I'm going to, I do private coaching. So that is something that I know I'll, I'll have consistently through next year. Um, and I work specifically with women, but I also work with couples. Traver and I actually coach together, um, with couples, which is super fun. And, um, yeah, that's kind of my primary thing other than, uh, my online women's community called the heart space. So my website is leeladilla.com. Um, I am offering retreats next year. I, I offer retreats in the Bahamas is like my primary place. And then the boys and I do the retreat in Costa Rica for new years called the unfolding that's December 27th through January 3rd. Um, and we thought we could only have a certain number of people, but they just open it up so we can have a couple more. So if you would like to come, it's going to be awesome over new years. We did it two years ago and it was really incredible. Um, yeah. And then the heart space is a, just a membership based community where I offer uh, workshops every month. And, um, I do kind of Q and a sessions every month that the members inside of there can ask me specific questions and we do full moon gatherings and there's lots of meditation, yoga classes, just kind of different resources for women to tap into. So that's kind of my, my thing. I want to hone in on more, um, starting next year. So I'm kind of pausing on courses and things. I have so much going on. So retreats, coaching, heart space. I'm like, that's enough. I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you having me on. You ask, ask wonderful questions and I um, appreciate you being interested in what I have to share and Aww. you're doing great work in the world. So really, I appreciate you uplifting me and I hope I can do the same. I'd love to have you on my podcast, which just came out. So we'll have to Oh my gosh. I'd be honored. When you first told me that truly, I almost had a heart attack. I was like, Oh my gosh, she has a heart because, because I always <laughs> researched my guests. Literally like, yesterday, I didn't even know. <laughs> yesterday, the first one came out and Jeremy's my first episode. So. <laughs> I haven't even posted about it. Cause I was like, yay, one is out. So the rest of them, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I would be absolutely honored. Truly. I, we, I could just talk to you all day long. So we definitely need to do this again. <laughs> yeah. You should come on the heart space and teach a class or something. Oh I'd my love goodness. Oh, Leela, I would be absolutely blown away. I would be so honored. Okay. I'm going to email you after this. We need to coordinate. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. This was amazing. Hope it was useful. <laughs> Hope it was. Oh my goodness. Any questions. Let me know. No, this was true. Trust me. I have a thousand more questions, but we'll, we'll wrap it up for now so that you can go to your other <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Lila. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It means the absolute world to me, and I'm so grateful. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review, and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.